Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Joy. I'm one of the pastors here. And I get to continue this series we've been on for the month of November about Jesus. We'd love to talk about Jesus in case you haven't caught that on, uh, caught on to that yet. Um, he's kind of the reason we're here. But sometimes we can get mixed up ideas about who Jesus is. Maybe you know a lot about Jesus. There's still so much more to discover in who he is. Or maybe you have... Uh, just that eight pound, four ounce little baby Jesus in your mind. Um, he did grow to be a man and as we sang about, he lived a powerful life and accomplished some in uh, impossible things. And we'll get into that. But throughout this series, we're taking a closer look at some of the things that Jesus claimed about himself. Who he said he was. And some very unique uh, statements that he made about his divinity, about his purpose, and about his identity as God, like Aaron just talked about, uh, the, the I am statements that Jesus made about himself. So we've looked at, he, is, he said, I am the bread of life, and he said, I am the light of the world, those are the last couple weeks. And today we're going to look at a portion of, uh, in John 10, where Jesus is talking uh, to the Pharisees and sharing a parable and a metaphor. And then he makes these two statements about who he is, his divinity, his purpose, and why he's here. So let's just jump into it. John 10, 7 to 16, Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. There's a second one. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he'll abandon the sheep and run away. And the wolf will attack the flock and scatter it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And just as the father knows me and I know the father and I laid down my life for the sheep. He said, I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. He's mixing metaphors because there is not one metaphor that works to encapsulate the God-man. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He is the vine. We are the branches. He is God in the flesh. And so there is no, he's trying to give us concrete things that he can compare his divinity to, that he can compare his purpose to because it's hard for us to gather in our minds to understand that God became man, dwelt among us for our good purpose. And so you may be like me. I'm a city dweller. <laughs> I'm a city dweller. 
I grew up in the city. I live in the city. I have one experience with a lamb. It was with Stacy Gill's farm. I got to bottle feed a baby lamb as a eight-year-old, probably. So I, I have not a lot of experience with sheep. I've also, I don't know about you, I don't know if I've ever met a shepherd. Anyone? Met a shepherd? They're not the most common occupation in Alberta. I mean, there might be some, but we can have a very limited perspective on these metaphors because we just don't have the experience that the hearers would have had that Jesus was speaking to. So maybe some in images come to mind, and you think of Jesus, the like storybook Jesus with the lamb on his shoulder, meek and mild. You know, we don't necessarily have a full understanding of what does it mean that Jesus is the gate for the sheep? What does it mean that he is the good shepherd? So it is helpful to consider the history and the culture of the hearers, the original hearers, to be able to understand. Okay, so two things we need to know, and this first one's a bit problematic, because we're the sheep in this metaphor. And like, nobody really loves being called a sheep. It's actually a pretty big insult, be called a sheeple or whatever. But I, I don't think that's what Jesus was saying. I don't think he was insulting humanity because he loves the sheep. And I think the point of this metaphor isn't to insult humanity. It's to point to how good our shepherd is and to point to the unique dependent, all-sufficient relationship that the sheep and the shepherd had that we need to have with our shepherd. The sheep is a bit of an unflattering image, but it is an accurate and incomplete metaphor for humanity. Humans, uh, like the verse Mike read, humans are referred to as sheep over 400 times in the Bible. There is a bit of a negative image, kind of dim-witted, stubborn. <laughs> we definitely are that sometimes. Maybe, just me. I think the point of the metaphor is how good our shepherd is and how unique our relationship needs to be with him. It's a special relationship. Sheep were completely dependent on their shepherd. They had little strength to defend themselves against predators because they got to have and enjoy the shepherd's strength and his protection. They needed to, they didn't need to pay attention to where they were going. They kind of wander because they get to enjoy the good leadership of their shepherd who leads them to pastures, who leads them to safety. We, I, I think Jesus chose sheep because he needed to demonstrate how we needed to depend in our relationship uh, with God on him. So sheep need a shepherd because without a shepherd, the world is full of dangers for sheep. We can get stuck. Okay, sorry. They can get stuck, fall on their backs. I guess <laughs> fall into moving water. There's all kinds of ways that they need help and direction and protection, and we need that as well. So shepherds, this, this was a very common occupation. And they, um, one thing you need to know is that there, like by the cities, there would be these, these pens where they would, where shep many shepherds would bring their many flocks to um, put them for the night. And it was near 
near the city. And oftentimes, if there wasn't a gate, a shepherd would lay at the entrance of this pen and sleep there to protect the flock. And in the morning, the different shepherds would all come and say, hey, sheepy, and they would follow their shepherd. The, and that's how they would divide the sheep back up. They've been mixed, multiple flocks. Now they go with their shepherd because they know their shepherd's voice. This was a common occupation, but there was a, a, a very deep companionship. They were dedicated to their sheep. Their sheep knew them, and the, they followed their shepherd's voice. So it wasn't just a common occupation, it was also an important occupation because there were very important shepherds all throughout Israel's history. And I don't have time to get into all of it, but there was shepherds in Israel's origin story. They were originally a nomadic people group and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all made very wealthy by the sheep and the flocks that they had. Moses was a shepherd and was shepherding his father-in-law's sheep at the time when God called Moses to lead the people of Israel out of slavery. And like a shepherd, he was going to lead them to safety. God used David, who was a shepherd, and he had skill as a shepherd. And when God made him king, he made him the shepherd of the people of Israel. Shepherding was seen as a very important uh, occupation in their history. And all throughout scripture, but also in Middle Eastern thought, shepherds were a well-known metaphor for leadership. So God set human leaders into place to care for the sheep because sheep need a shepherd. We need kings and civil leaders, religious leaders. They were all called shepherds in some way, shape, form. And this is a partial and imperfect solution for humanity's sheepness. We need shepherds. And so a little bit of the context. Before John 10, Jesus had just healed a blind man. And he healed him on the Sabbath, which was a problem for the Pharisees. And Jesus was having this conversation with the, with the Pharisees, saying to them, you know, I'm a good shepherd. I care about my sheep. I'm not going to wait till tomorrow if I can heal him today. Like, I don't care if it's the Sabbath. My sheep is in peril, and they need rescue. And I don't, I'm not going to just come back tomorrow, let you be blind for one more day because you are hurting, and I love my sheep. And so he is addressing this religious mindset that didn't care about people, that cared more about the special day and the rules than it cared about the people. And Jesus is saying, I'm a good shepherd. I care about the sheep. I care about this blind man who needs healing. And so when Jesus is giving this metaphor of the sheep and the shepherds, it's also not a standalone metaphor. Because there is a message from God the pro uh, through the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 34 of Ezekiel. Where God sends this message and it's against the religious leaders of the time who were being bad shepherds. They were not feeding the sheep. I'm no, I don't have time to read the whole scripture, but they're saying, God said to them, you're not feeding the sheep. You're not caring for the weak. You're not tending to the sick. You're ruling with harshness and cruelty. You've abandoned the flock. And so God's correcting these harsh and brutal shepherds for not leading the way God intended them to lead his people. 
God declares his love for the sheep and in this prophecy begins to give a message that he will be the good shepherd. He shares his ultimate plan and makes a covenant promise that he will be the ultimate good shepherd. They were bad shepherds. He brought correction, but he also said, I have an, a better solution. And so when Jesus said, I am, that wasn't just a sentence opener. This was a claim to the divine because God introduced himself to Moses as the I am that I am. And so that's why these statements are so powerful and so important because he was claiming to be God. This was the name God used to introduce himself by. So when he said I am, but he was also said I am the good shepherd. I am the fulfillment of the prophecy of the from the book of Ezekiel, I am claiming to be that fulfillment. And he's saying, I'm here to solve your leadership crisis. I will shepherd my sheep. And there will be no shepherd, not even Moses or David, that can compare to Messiah. There is no one that will compare to how much I love my sheep. I will be the ultimate shepherd. But as their framework of Messiah was different than what he came to be, Jesus didn't come to overthrow governments. He didn't come to dismantle the leadership structures of the day. He didn't come to dismantle systems. He came to redeem it. He came to give his life for it. He gave his life for the sheep, but then he also set a new pattern of leadership. The servant leadership of God the Father who laid down his life for the sheep. And this is the new pattern of leadership. Jesus is the great shepherd. And another scripture that would have come to mind, maybe you've even thought it as I'm saying, God is the good shepherd, is a very famous psalm written by David, Psalm 23. You know, G uh, David was the shepherd. He was a shepherd in his occupation, but he was made king, and he was given the task of being the shepherd of the nation of Israel. But he also had a revelation that he was also a sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I can't get through any time. <laughs> he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Such a powerful, powerful psalm, and I pray it so often. And I'm so grateful that we have a good shepherd who guides us, who provides for us, who has prepared a way for us. And David had this revelation that while he was king, he was also a sheep. And he was a leader, but he also needed to be led. And we need to let this understanding of God, our shepherd, shape how we follow him. Because this is not just a pretty psalm to pray or to read when we're in distress. 
but it's also help us, to help us understand that he wants to lead us in every area of our life. I don't know about you, but I like to believe I'm smarter than average. I like to believe that I'm capable and I have good intentions. Sometimes we don't want a shepherd. We want a consultant. We want a consultant that we can bounce our ideas off of and he can go, yeah, it's a good idea. Go for it. Oh, maybe not. I don't know if I like that advice. I'll take it under advisement. I'm going to do what I want. So what does it mean to treat Jesus as shepherd? We recognize it is his, God, his job to guide, and it's my job to follow. I do not get to tell Jesus, Lord of the universe, what is right and wrong. Come on. It is not my job to correct the scriptures. The scriptures correct me. They bring me into line because he protects and rescues the sheep from going our own way. Our own wisdom will lead us down the wrong path every time. And sometimes following his lead feels restrictive. Sometimes doing it his way feels hard. But it's for our good because he loves the sheep and we can depend on him. We can ask for his help. Not just when we're in trouble, but yes, especially when we are in trouble. I know when I take time to connect with God, I can accomplish things so much better with his help and with his spirit and with his guidance than I can on my own. That's why I take time to stop and pray, and I encourage you to do the same. These are habits that shape us into followers of the Good Shepherd. In every area of life, let him be our leader. In our professional world, in our political views, in our sexual choices, in our financial world. You know, the sheep had no privacy from the shepherd. And we don't get to say, I will follow you in this area, but not that. God, will you help me here, but I don't want to do it your way there. If he's our shepherd, are we willing to obey everything that he has asked us to do? Maybe he's told you to get baptized and you haven't yet. It's not too late. <laughs> but actually, right now, why don't I send, well, if you're getting baptized today, you can go out and start getting ready. Because you are taking a powerful step of aligning your life with the God of the universe who loves you and has given himself for you. And yes, baptism is such a weird command. Can I be real and say that? Like what physically changes in getting dunked in a tank of water? Nothing. But spiritually you are made new. You have come alive in Christ. And it is a pivotal moment of doing what feels odd, what might feel vulnerable to stand up in front of a room full of people you don't know, but to say, this is it for me. I'm yours. I'm your sheep. You are my shepherd, and I will follow you. You know, you need to know that his commands are for your good. And we can we can obey fully and joyfully and trust that even if it's hard to follow, his ways are for our good. 
So Jesus is our shepherd and he leads us. We need to be with him to develop that closeness, to know how to hear his voice. But also part of our purpose as Christ followers is to, to be with him, but to also become like him and to carry on his mission to the world. So how do we become like Jesus, like a shepherd? How do we carry on the mission of Jesus, the mission of caring for the sheep? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd, doesn't own the sheep. When he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Jesus here is contrasting two forms of leadership. Our world doesn't love leaders. But I think it's because we have a lot of hired hands. We have people doing something that they're thinking they're doing it for somebody else, but it's not their mission yet. They're hired hands, or maybe thieves and robbers. They're literally doing this to get something that is not theirs. Our culture is suspicious of leadership. We question motives. We don't trust authority because there have been bad shepherds. Can, can we just agree that there are some bad shepherds? There are oppressive and brutal leaders that don't care. But then we see all leadership with the same brush and all direction is seen as control. All clarity is seen as manipulation. Expectations are burdens and accountability is seen as abuse. The world we are living in needs leaders who will lead humbly, following the good shepherd, but leading and caring for his sheep, continuing that mission, carrying that baton in our day to live and serve as servant leaders. This is not about being meek or shy or timid or hesitant. This is about utilizing the gifts and talents that God has given us for the flourishing of others. Utilize that voice. Utilize that leader gifting that you have for the flourishing of others. Not for your own power or your own influence or your own money or your bank account. Like about the flourishing of others. And like David, I think the best leaders are ones who are led. They're ones who have God as their good shepherd. Yes, absolutely. God is my good shepherd. But we also need human leaders to keep us accountable, to keep us from plummeting off that edge of destruction or becoming harsh and, and oppressive from becoming a bad shepherd. You know, like, I'm a parent. I also need parenting, and sometimes I need to be sent to my room to think about what I just said. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> okay, the other day, funny, Xander asked me, Mom, who corrects you when you're wrong? It's like... Like, good question. We had a great conversation. <laughs> I am a parent. I am a leader. I need to be led as well. You know, I get all kinds of defensive when I'm wrong. <laughs> Anyone else? But we need a good shepherd and we need good human leaders who have carried that servant leadership baton from our God and our Father and from the mission that Jesus has given us. 
I'm so grateful for shepherds, who teachers who have taught me to recognize God's presence, group leaders who've worked with me to help me distinguish the voice of the shepherd, Pastor Monica, Pastor Aaron, who've given me courage to follow his voice and his leading when it was so hard. God has established leadership structures in our world for our good, for our protection, for our provision. Whether it's family, he set parents in charge. The kids are not in charge. The parents are. In the church, he asked Peter, would you love me and feed my sheep? You don't just get to love me and do whatever you want. I need you to love me and I need you to feed my sheep. Because I'm going to the Father. Jesus is the great and ultimate shepherd, but he also asked us to follow him, to lead others, to go and make disciples, to shepherd people into the kingdom, to care. And I think our world's rejection of leadership, this autonomy, I'll do it my way, I have my truth, oh, it's such a dangerous ideology and it leads to destruction over and over again. Sheep need shepherds. Not just to protect us from predators. Sometimes it's to protect us from ourselves. From going our own way. And Jesus linked himself, linked his divine nature with one of the most ordinary occupations in Israel. You might think you're not a leader. But in your ordinary, in your everyday, in your occupation, in your ordinary lives. I mean, you're not Jesus. None of us are. But we can lead like him. We can be parents like him. We can be bosses like him. We are sheep. We need a shepherd. And we need to be shepherds who lead like Jesus. Not a hired hand. Not a thief or a robber. Selflessly passionately to whomever God has placed in your life. Parents, shepherd your families. Students, lead. Don't follow the crowd. Follow his way and he will make you a leader. In your workplaces, in your business, whether you are an employee or a co you have employees or coworkers, whatever role you have, leadership isn't a title. It's the way you treat people. It's the way you live your life. The way you set an example. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he lays down his life for the sheep. And in this, we see the goodness of our good shepherd by creating a model for leadership that is not about power or influence, but about the good and the flourishing of the humans around us. Would you stand? We're going to pray together. You know, we all need to be dependent on our shepherd. And sometimes it's a discipline. It is a moment-by-moment -moment decision to cry out to God, to talk to him when you're overwhelmed or frustrated, to call out to your shepherd. Jesus, you're so patient with me. Help me have an ounce of that patience with the people who are driving me nuts right now. When we receive success, recognize that it's not by our own efforts. But thank you, Jesus. You guided me for this moment. Thank you for this gift. I give the glory to you because it's not for me. In the midst of the difficulties that we face, because life is hard, 
we can cry out to him and say, thank you, Jesus, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. And it makes all the difference that you are beside me. If you're here and you're not a Christ follower, maybe you're curious or skeptical, you need to know the commands of the shepherd are for your good. And this is a place we all start to acknowledge him as our shepherd, to acknowledge ourselves as the sheep, to humble ourselves, to admit we need him, to admit that it's our nature to drift away, to reject God, to get lost in the busyness of life. But he is the gate for the sheep. The other one that Jesus said, said, I am the gate for the sheep. Everyone who enters through me will be saved. And they will come in and they will go out and find pasture. This is not a restrictive life. This is the freedom that he has for us is in following him. He came that we would have life to the full. And it's through him, it's through this gate, through Jesus, that we know the way to God, that we get to experience that fullest, fulfilling life that he has for us. And our own self-remedies, our own attempts at goodness, nothing will earn our way to God. It's only through the gate. It's only through the gate. Every other way is trying to climb over the edges. But we enter through Jesus, through his sacrifice. Jesus didn't just say he laid down his life for the sheep, he did. He went on to prove his love in the way he sacrificed his life and in the way that he rose again. He took on the worst of us and rose to make something so new and different to invite us in to be part of his kingdom. And we're gonna pray together prayer of acknowledging that he is Lord and if you haven't prayed a prayer like this before I invite you pray with us we're all going to pray together so you don't really feel singled out but would you bow your heads if you pray with me say father thank you for sending Jesus to be the gate the way to you thank you for sacrificing your life to give me new life and I choose to follow I choose to follow and you know that looks different for every person because he knows your name he knows your name and he knows how you, you follow him I mean, we all follow together but there is sometimes a unique call following him takes great courage and a, it's an amazing step to a brand new life. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.